Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. He said, if we're a serious club, we would sign three midfielders, a centre-back and a right-winger, but we know we won't. It sounds absolutely doable, mate, doesn't it? Like it, even for their budget restraints, that sounds like it should be potentially doable to go out there and bring in what you've said. How do you feel about a midfield that could be shaping up looking like McAllister, Thuram, and Gravenberch as the signings? Because that's what Graham Bailey has been saying anyway. He said, Kevin Thuram and Ryan Gravenberch are Liverpool's main two midfield targets this summer with Manu Kone, a backup option. Uh, that, that doesn't cut it for me. It just doesn't. That's too good and one too risky for me. I, I don't... Grafenberg isn't a guaranteed starter or a guaranteed upgrade for me. He's potential, but that potential hasn't been hasn't been seen enough yet for my liking. So I'm not convinced by the last part of that. If you change that one player, as I said earlier on, though, and you threw in uh, Barella, you threw in... Um, I don't know, whoever your own favourite target would be, a shoe many, as an example, a Valverde. That's a whole other window. That's that's a transformative midfield rebuild there with like a 30 million difference in, in transfer fee. So for me, I'd like I'd like at least one that we can go, yeah, yeah, the club have pushed the boat out here a bit. We should be looking Thuram Barella at least. Oh, imagine Thuram Barella, McAllister, Traps, Billions. Imagine, like, lads, that's... That's red panty night stuff, that is. Keep Gravenberts away from our club. He's crap. We only want him because he's cheap. Mate, I agree. I'm not sure about the crap part because that's a bit harsh. But I absolutely agree with you saying we only want him because he's cheap. There's no, no fibre of my body that doesn't think that's true. 
Uh, I think the move for Carvalho to Leipzig is a good one because he'll get game time and experience in another league. And they also have Champions League football. Yes, so for those of you who haven't heard, uh, we do have the Here We Go from Fabrizio on a loan move for Fabio Carvalho to RB Leipzig for the 2023-24 season. There is no option to buy in there. Liverpool were very firm on that. They didn't want to lose the kid permanently. So it is just a straight loan deal there. And like our friend in the chat, I think that's a very good move for Fabio. And I think he'll he'll come on leaps and bounds over there. With regards to centre-backs moving on, honestly, I've not heard anything. Nothing on Nat Phillips, nothing on uh, Joel Matip, who was rumoured to be the one that Liverpool were looking to sell from the starters. Nothing on Joe Gomez. Certainly nothing on bringing in a right-back either. The only things that we've seen today is that uh, Benjamin Pavard would be open to the idea of coming to Liverpool. That's the, the nearest I've seen to a sincere right-back link in the last 24 hours or so. I don't want Benjamin Pavard personally. I don't think uh, he's the age bracket we should be looking for, for somebody we're going to spend money on. For bringing in somebody on a free, I wouldn't mind somebody who's a little bit more advanced in years, giving us time then to see how Fabio, or excuse me, to see how Calvin Ramsey and Connor Bradley progress. Um, otherwise, I'm struggling to see where Liverpool bring back in much money in this window. We don't really have many players on the fringes who we could move on and move on for a big fee. Of course, you look towards Saudi Arabia and you think, is there an offer going to be perhaps forthcoming for Thiago? Or, and I mentioned this on our live stream, is there going to be an offer potentially coming in for Mohamed Salah? And that kind of links me into the conversation around Frederico Chiesa. So there's mixed reports coming out of Italy, but a lot of the reports are saying a similar thing. Liverpool are interested. Liverpool are at the front of the queue. And that Frederico Chiesa is somebody who Jurgen Klopp is pushing for. Now that can't, can't help but make me think why. I'm not arguing about it because I like the idea of Chiesa, but why would Liverpool be looking to do that? Do we really need to bring in another attacker? Some people would say, yes, we need some competition for Mo. I would be of the mindset of perhaps, but there are other priorities in this window that I think we'd be looking towards. But the cynic in me wonders if there is an offer forthcoming for Mohamed Salah. And I hope if there is that that offer is is turned down by Liverpool Football Club because I don't want Mohamed Salah to go anywhere. I want the guy to stay with us and continue to break records. But maybe you differ. And if you do differ, I'd like to know in the comment section uh, what number you think would be fair. If you're trying to compare it to similar players, well, let's look at Harry Kane. It looks like 100 million will be the minimum Levy would have ever accepted for Kane. I think they're a similar age profile. So for me, I would want Liverpool to at least get that 100 million. But I don't want to sell Mohamed Salah and I can't make that clear enough. With regards to the centre-back search, the latest that we've seen again still keeps coming back to Mickey van de Ven. I know that there's been reports that Liverpool are looking at a whole host of centre-backs, but I'm damned if I can find out who they are. Inacio from Sporting was, of course, somebody we've spoken about as well. Uh, it's gone quiet on him with regards to United's interest, Liverpool's interest, and, of course, the possibility of him signing a new contract with Sporting Lisbon, which would increase his bio clause. Now, if we turn our attentions to Viega, what do we know? Well, we've seen yesterday that it was reported that Liverpool and Chelsea had both agreed that they'd have no issues paying him €100,000 a week, which is about £83,000. There's another report that comes out today that said that Liverpool are willing to pay a little bit more, 95000 and that Jurgen Klopp really wants them. 95000 a week, I should say, in wages. So, again, you wonder what the hold-up is with some of these deals. If Liverpool really want Viega, well, they know what they have to do. Pay the buyout clause. The buyout clause in Celta Vigo is €40 million. Euro. Now, ironically, who's Celta Vigo's new manager? Yep, 
Rafael Benitez is taking over at Celta Vigo. So hopefully maybe Rafa could have some words there and, and edge the kid and his representatives towards joining Liverpool. If indeed Liverpool are interested. And that's where I'm a bit confused. Because I've seen stuff today that says Liverpool want uh, Kefren Thuram. Liverpool want Ryan Gravenberch. And Manu Kone is a backup option if we can't get Gravenberch. But nothing from Graham Bailey in there on Viega. So again, there's some contradictory stuff. Then we look at the Barella situation. Newcastle have today agreed a deal of about 70 million euro with AC Milan for Sandro Tonali. He's going to be on somewhere between 7 and 9 million euro a year at St. James's Park. So that probably rules uh, Barella out for them. But Chelsea are still in the mix. So do you think there is any chance in hell that Liverpool could go to Inter Milan and test the waters with a 60, 65 million pound offer? Because a McAllister, a Thuram, Barella window, well, that's a window that I think we can all get behind. And here's the wild card. Here's the last one I want to throw in. We mentioned this in our live chat, but I'm interested to see what you guys think. If Real Madrid are willing to sell Fede Valverde or Arlene Choumeni, should we be involved in those negotiations to bring them to Anfield? My answer, yes. Now, you might say to me, hang on a minute here, Craig. Why on earth would Real Madrid potentially sell either of those guys? They've already said they don't want to sell them. The only reason is the Mbappe stuff. PSG do not want to lose Kylian Mbappe for free. And don't forget, from January, he could sign a pre-contract agreement to join Real Madrid or anybody else, and there'd be absolutely nothing that PSG could do about it come the end of the season. There's another report today that said the only way Kylian Mbappe is willing to move is if he gets paid €150 million Euro that was apparently promised to him in his new PSG deal. And apparently PSG don't want to sell to Real Madrid. So if they don't want to lose him for free and they don't want to sell him to Real Madrid, something has to give there. So, if Real Madrid do indeed make a play in this window for Mbappe, they may have to free up some money. We know FFP in La Liga is done internally. Every club inputs their expenditure and their incomings, and they're told how much basically they can spend on wages and on transfers. So maybe we're starting to see little shoots of information that... Madrid could look to lose some of those players if indeed they go to get Mbappe. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping some of this delay is that Liverpool are still sitting back and looking at the landscape, trying to figure out who's going to be available, who may need to get money. Because if Schumann available, I can't, I can't even envision an excuse that could be made from our owners to not go after him. We know Jurgen Klopp wanted him. We know that he chose Real Madrid, and I'm okay with that because, again, they are a big club. It's very easy to see. But if he's not going to make it there and they're willing to sell, there isn't an excuse. There isn't the reason why Liverpool shouldn't be at the front of the queue to try and sign him. Jurgen Klopp is clearly an admirer of him, and if he didn't make it at Real Madrid, I get the feeling that he would be very happy to come and play at Anfield. And again, I look at a midfield of him, McAllister, and potentially Thuram, that's a midfield rebuild that I think we could all get behind. And that's the, the whole point of this video, I guess, is I think we're one midfield signing away from either a really happy fan base or a fan base that still has a lot of questions to answer with regards to this midfield rebuild. Most people I spoke to are very happy about McAllister. Most people are very open to the opportunity of Kevin Thuran coming in. But most people have concerns about the Gravenberch one or the Kone one that feels like it's a little bit too risky. But if you could somehow make that a Barella, Shoemeni or a Valverde, 
then I think Liverpool football club fans will go into next season with an entirely new level of optimism compared to what we're seeing play out over social media over the past few days, which is a lot of head scratching, a lot of frustration and a lot of what's next, what ifs and where's the money, John? A lot of where's the money, John? Because I know people have mentioned war chests of 200, 250 million Personally, I don't remember seeing a specific number put out there by anybody in the media, anybody credible, I should say. But even at that, this is the big summer. We have to get it right. The owners have to get it right. Excuses cannot be made. So it's over to you now. Let me know your thoughts. Robbie says, we're lucky to spend 100 mil this season. And isn't that isn't that depressing, Robbie? Like, it's just not good enough, pal, is it? 100 million, it just isn't going to get it done. Not when you're seeing your competition spending that on one player. And right now, whether it's Arsenal or Manchester City, somebody's going to get Declan Rice. Uh, Monkey Duffy LFC said, Craig, I think we only get two midfielders. You hear my dogs killing each other? Two dogs have getting very snipey with each other lately. I don't know why. I just can't see how they can get away with saying two midfielders is good enough. I just don't see how that they can... The only way that that even becomes possible to soothe the fan base with that is that um, you bring in a right-back and Trent's a midfielder. If Trent's a midfielder, then okay, you could probably get away with bringing in two midfielders. But you would need to explicitly say Trent is now a midfielder and we need to get a right-back in because we can't make do with what we have if we have Trent in midfield. We need another right-back then or at least another centre-back who can play on the right side. Uh, Connor the Red said, Viega's a bit of a meh signing. No way, he's Klopp's first choice. You're telling me Klopp would rather a kid from Celta Vigo over Barella. Not a chance. We only want Viega because he's under 40 million. Well, look, I think he is thought of as a as a top talent, but still, your point, I think, has some credibility to it because we need players for the now. We need players for the now, and yes, players for the now that can take us through the next few years, but they need to be ready to go. They need to be ready to be dropped into that midfield and start playing. And I don't think Graven Birch or Viega will will be the answer if, if either come in to play, I mean, immediately to get us through the first three, six months of the season. I think they'll take time to bed and settle in. Uh, would you be okay with a window of two midfielders, a defender and a right winger? In theory, yes. In theory. Um, it would have to be the right, right winger. And... The second midfielder would have to be Thuram or Barella or Shumeni. One of those three. Look at Barella's stats. You would bite your right arm off to get him. I look, man. I crawl over broken glass to get Nicolo Barella to Liverpool. Imagine, imagine us setting up next season with even Barella and McAllister as two midfield reinforcements. I mean, that is, that's a statement. It is. That's a fucking statement right there. You've got Fabinho, and then you have Barella and McAllister ahead of them. Or then Stefan Bojcetic comes through. You've got him and you've got Borella McAllister ahead. That is a midfield that does bits. And also allows you to tweak the system a bit because you can bring Jones, of course, in as well. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be delighted with that. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, so season ticket renewal time. Some clubs have put the prices up. Some clubs have frozen them. And some clubs have... Well, completely taking the piss. So we're going to take a look now at what clubs are charging, how much they've gone up, and where Liverpool fit into all of this. So the first question is, and this article, by the way, or this information mainly comes from an athletic article, if you would like to have a look for yourselves. First question is, which clubs are charging the most? This absolutely blew my mind. Do you know who charges the most for a regular season ticket? Now, I'm not talking about a corporate or a hospitality. Regular season ticket prices. The highest is Fulham. Fulham have an expensive season ticket that will set you back three grand, three grand to sit in the new rebuilt Riverside stand to watch Fulham play in the Premier League. That is crazy. There are some other minor perks, but it's an ordinary seat, they say. Under 18s in the same stand is £2,500. So other clubs that are quite expensive, Arsenal, Spurs, Manchester City, Manchester United, Newcastle and West Ham, um, they all go past £1,000 with their most expensive season tickets. So Liverpool not in that bracket, and I'm happy to see that. So who's the cheapest? Who are the cheapest clubs with regards to this uptake in um, season tickets? Well, as they say, unsurprisingly, it's the it's three clubs coming up from the Championship. Burnley charge £500. That is their most expensive adult season ticket. Fellow new boys, Luton, charge a fraction of that at 510 Last season's runners-up, Sheffield United, slightly more. They charge about £528. Brentford are the only other club among the top 20 with their most expensive season ticket is under £600. Brentford charging £549. So where do Liverpool fit into this with regard to the, the average price rise of Premier League season, season tickets? Actually, really well. Liverpool are the fourth best with regards to that. That's amazing. That is really good. Liverpool have put the prices up 2%, I believe, overall. But if you look at Forest as an example, Nottingham Forest have put their season ticket prices up 20%. That is a lot for fans during a cost of living crisis. Now, I've read into this a little bit and I read through the comments and a lot of Forest fans were saying, well, it's overdue, to be fair. They were a championship club. They're now up. They've survived and they're investing, and they're kind of okay with it. So that's not too bad. Second on the list is Fulham, who have put the prices up an average of 18%. Aston Villa, 15%. Their season ticket prices have gone up. This one is going to make you laugh, right? The Blue and White Shy have decided that after that season that they've had, where they once again flirted with relegation, 
10% extra. That's what they're deciding to charge. And they're keeping Bill Kenwright on as the chairman, which is absolutely amazing. But yes, Everton have had the blind cheek to ask their fans to cough up an extra 10% to go and watch that shite week in and week out. I mean, if you can do that, if you can sit through that for a season, you are, you're a strong person, so fair play to you. Uh, Bournemouth's prices have gone up just under 10%. Burnley, 8%. West Ham, 6%, Wolves, 5%, and then Arsenal, 5%, blah, 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 blah. The only clubs with no increase, there's three clubs at the bottom, Brentford, Chelsea, and Spurs. None of them have increased their uh, their season ticket prices. And look, again, fair play to those clubs. In a cost of living crisis, it's good to see. And look, I'm fine with Luke, Liverpool being in there with 2%, by the way. 2%, I think, is reasonable enough. So, yeah. So what do we think about that one? Liverpool doing reasonably well. They don't have any season tickets that are over the £1,000 mark. I think the average Liverpool season ticket from people I've spoken to is about between 750 800 something like that. Which, you know, do you know what this led me to seeing, actually? This led me to seeing a whole lot of responses from fans who, who attend major sports in America and saying that these prices are very, very cheap. And it kind of got me thinking, like, are we... Are we cheap or are they charging too much? And I think I've come to the conclusion that they're just charging way too much. So there are people saying that they spend like multiples of the cost of these to go and watch NFL in America. Apparently baseball's a little bit more inexpensive. Uh, but yeah, American fans in the chat, what are you saying to these prices? Do you think they are realistic? Like Liverpool charging 750, 770 pound. Is that reasonable to you? Or do you think that it's cheap? Because for us over here in this side of the world, we often look at America and the pay-per-views as an example that you guys get charged to watch sports are ludicrous. Like $100 to watch a boxing fight? I don't know how there's a market for that. I don't know how anybody pays it, but you guys do. And uh, again, NFL fans that I've seen in the comment sections again were, were a little bit concerned about why fans in England were complaining about these rises and that the prices were, were very fair. Maybe they have a point, but to me... Um, I've seen more people getting priced out of being able to to go to football games. And we've what else we've also seen a lot of, by the way, and I should bring this up, there's been a lot of clubs who've pulled shenanigans and they've changed the the bands for like um uh senior season tickets have gone from sixty-five years of age to sixty-six years of age in some clubs. I think United being one of them. Other clubs as well have removed some age brackets for like junior tickets and they, they now just have up to the age of 20 and then you're an adult and there's been a few other shenanigans that have been moved around to just basically change the brands they've said that the the bands excuse me they've said that they're uh, making the bands less complicated but that's never the case is it it's always just looking for more money so i guess the big question from all of this is is the premier league fair value for money for season tickets if indeed you can get one and while we're on the subject of season tickets just another little uh Another little thing that made me laugh the other day. I read an article that said both Manchester United and Manchester City both have season ticket waiting lists that exceed 150,000 people. I believe that about United. There is more chance of me showing up tomorrow looking like Slick Rick here with uh, perm hair than there is of Manchester City legitimately having 150,000 people on a waiting list. I'm calling bullshit on that. And another thing is, if you look at what you have to do to retain your season ticket and how many games you have to go to, 
Um, Manchester City are a bit of an outlier there as well. To keep your season ticket with Manchester City, you only have to actually attend or put your ticket up for sale on 10 of the 19 home games. And that's shocking. That is shocking. If there's such a waiting list and people are dying to get in and you're only saying to people that you have to go to 10 of the 19 games to keep your ticket, that's not great, is it? Now, that includes transferring the tickets on ticket exchanges um, and stuff like that. So maybe that's why we see so many empty seats at the Etihad is they just can't be bothered to go to the games that aren't Liverpool, Chelsea, United. And they don't have to because they know they only need to get to 10 games over the 19 to keep their season ticket. Not great. You know, clubs should be forcing them to go to at least, in my opinion, 15, 16 games of the 19. And I think most of the clubs that I read through the article last night, that was um, that was the numbers. A lot of people were having to go to 15, 16, 17 games of the 19. And of course, then there are other season tickets that are a bit different, like Arsenal include the Champions League group stage games, I believe, with their season tickets. And I think theirs is a little bit more complicated than some of the other ones that we'd seen. So... That is pretty much it with regards to that little video update. But I want you guys to let me know your thoughts on those season ticket prices. Maybe you're an American football fan who uh, thinks that these are really cheap. Or maybe you're somebody who's been priced out of actually been able to afford to continue to keep your season ticket in the Premier League. Over to you. Seeing Arsenal fans debate whether they're bigger than Liverpool. I'll debate it for you. You're not. Never will be. Not a fucking chance. Show us your European Cups. Go on. Show us your European Cups. That's right. You haven't got any. Now back you go. I mean, Jesus Christ, Arsenal fans. And I like Arsenal fans, but don't start that shite. Are we bigger than Liverpool? Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? You've had one good season in about seven or eight years. And even your biggest thing in your history, your Invincibles, is overrated. The Invincibles is nowhere near as good as Manchester City's 100 points or Liverpool's points tallies. You're putting up the most points in the Premier League. That's That's the real credit there. So... Um, and I like Arsenal as a club. I like Arsenal fans. But this, are we bigger than Liverpool? Shite. That's just embarrassing to even talk about. You know, they're a fine club, Arsenal. A fine club. They're not the most successful club in English football. Do I think Arsenal will get Declan Rice? No, I don't. I think City are going to get him, unfortunately. On top of probably getting Josko Gvardiol. On top of signing Mateo Kovacic. And you know what? I can't sit here and say how can City afford Rice because I know how they can afford him. They just won a treble and they've made about 300 million quid in prize money. So, yeah. How do I want... Who do you want... How do you want in the midfield next season? Is that a who do you want? Um, Look, if we finish the season... Or the window, excuse me, Khaled, with McAllister, Thuram and any of Barella, Valverde... Or Shuameni. That is an absolutely unbelievable window. Like top notch. No complaints from me. If we feel if we finish it, which I fear we will, with a window like McAllister, Thuram, and Gravenberch, I'm not convinced. Or Kone, I'm not convinced, but I'm feeling a bit better than I am about Gravenberch. I just think we need to get that one ready for here and now, that undoubted talent. Whether it be Shumeni who Klopp wanted, whether it be Barella who we all want and apparently Klopp wants, let's wait and see. Do you see Van de Ven providing cover for Robbo in a three box three? Yes. Yes, potentially. Uh, still finding it tough to see the other big clubs investing massively whilst we're sitting in a corner tickling their nuts. It is tough. It's tough when 
we're probably going to spend the same amount of money in an overhaul of our midfield that Arsenal and City are willing to spend on a midfielder. That makes it very difficult to, to stomach. Um, particularly with Arsenal, like City, you treat differently because of the ability to spend money. But for Arsenal to go out there and... And don't forget, Arsenal have spent money in recent windows. It's not like they haven't been spending. They have, but now they're looking to potentially get Rice or Caicedo, Kai Havertz. Timber looks like it's almost done to Arsenal. And they've already added in other good players in the last couple of seasons. And it is frustrating. And they're only just back in the Champions League. First season back, and they're already showing more ambition than us who look to, who need to get back into that top four. I'm going to take the weekend off. Um, and uh, yeah, spend it with the family. So look, much love to you all. Have a cracking weekend. And um, yeah, I'll see you on Monday. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.